This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Uh, all right, John, you ready for some mailbag here? I'm ready. H O U mailbag at gmail.com if you want to send us. A question. We got a few good ones in here, so let's hit these. Uh, we'll start with ladies first, Sonia and Katie. Uh, I'm a proud Aggie, and I'm concerned about Kenyon Green. Are you guys concerned that Kenyon Green will be a bust? And if so, what's the biggest factor that concerns you? I don't. I've never seen a player you could a, a highly drafted player that you could write off after the first year, especially when he had injuries. Now. There have been guys that didn't play well as first-round picks, and they didn't play, play well later, and they were cut. And Kenyon Green, they put a lot of scouting into him. They watched him play multiple positions at AM. He's supposed to be a good run blocker. And uh, they've made mistakes on picks before. But I asked me that. Sonia asked that question next year. Hopefully, yeah. when, he's, when training camp comes, they'll take it easy on him. And hopefully he'll be ready to go with the start of the season and he'll be a whole lot stronger than he was as a rookie. You think his body type changes at all, John, from last year to this year? It's really tough to, I would imagine, get the type of workouts in that he needed to get rid of some of that baby fat when you're nursing a knee injury the whole offseason. I'm guessing everything was done for waist up and uh, maybe the opposite knee, of course, but the opposite leg. But so much of what they get and blocking is uh, a base and the base yeah. comes from strong upper strong lower body with a big powerful butt and big thighs and so i got doubting he could work on that a lot when he's rehabbing a knee injury all right that's it man you come to this pot come to this podcast for the analysis stay for Kenyon green's butt that's what we do on this podcast here uh john burnett emails in john how are the running backs behind pierce and singletary looking who is the front runner for the number three spot on this team? I'm guessing it's going to be Dari Gumbawale because he's a veteran and he's a really good special teams player. You know, they didn't draft a running back. The kid, uh, uh, what's I can't remember his name, free undrafted free agent. Yeah, he's got a long he, name. I forget it too. He, he'd probably be on the practice squad. He's got an X in his name. That's where I start yes. getting confused. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's going to be Dari Gumbawale. What about Mike Boone they signed from Denver? And maybe Mike Boone, what's he ever done? At least, and Goomba Wally is known by Danny Barrett, yeah. the longtime running back coach. And Boone, I thought, was more like a fullback. And uh, San Francisco always had a fullback. Has a fullback, utilized a fullback. He's got to be able to catch. So I'm guessing Bobby Sloak, the new coordinator, came with D'Amico Ryans. He's going to have a fullback. 
and maybe that'll be Boone. Derwin in Cyprus, loyal listener of the podcast, said, man, all this talk about Mills uh, competing for the starting job, surely he isn't better than Case Keenum. I get a lot of people asking me that, John. Like, it's it's Mills versus Watson. Um, is there any chance, like, if Stroud's not ready, the Case would be the one starting week one in Baltimore? Because all the talk has been Mills versus Stroud. Is Case just – is he automatically the emergency quarterback here? What's the dynamic right now with the quarterback? I don't know about that. I'd rather have Case as the second quarterback than Mills just because of his experience. Case has been with so many teams. He's made some big plays like the Minnesota Miracle. And I would think that uh, they'd want his experience behind the shot. I mean, uh, C.J. Stroud. So I'm not even thinking that that uh, Davis Mills is going to start. I'm writing a column for SportsRadio610.com about Stroud going into training camp and what will happen and I got all the D'Amico quotes where he talks about the battle and it'll work itself out. It's amazing how he'll praise the heck out of any other rookie, but he won't do it for Stroud. Yeah. And I think it's the nature of the position. They're trying to be respectful for Mills. They don't really no reason to, but I can't wait to see who's going to be the emergency quarterback. Maybe they're paying case and they told him, Hey, you might be the emergency quarterback. Maybe they'll trade Davis Mills. If a, team has an injury and they could get a six round pick for him because he had some really good games against some teams. And so maybe those teams that he had a good game against might need somebody. And then people go, Oh my God, but look what happened to the 49ers in the playoffs last year. Okay. Give me another example. Yeah. Of all the teams and all the quarterbacks who've been in the playoffs, if you can come up with one example, then they should trade him. But, D'Amico was there. Slowick was there. They may decide we're definitely keeping three. My hypothesis with Case Keenum, John, mark this bit of video and audio, is that, and maybe part of the reason why he just seems completely cool with whatever his role is right now, I think this is an apprenticeship to eventually be not just a coach, but be a coach on this staff. I think there's a chance that Case is looking at this possibly as if if things go the right way here, is that Bobby Slowick becomes one of those guys off of the Shanahan, now Ryan's tree, McDaniel and all those other guys, LaFleur, that he's the next guy who gets some run for a head coach. That would bump Gerard Johnson up to OC potentially, and then Case slides in as a QB coach. Um, and maybe he plays here a year or two and lets that play out, or a year, and then he's a quality control guy or whatever. He's a assistant quarterback's coach or something. Who knows? And maybe some he's played on enough teams where there's probably several people across the league with a favorable opinion of Case Keenum to where they'd want him on their coaching staff. But this feels like his role on this team feels just as much, John, to me as a coaching apprenticeship as it does him being a quarterback for this team. I agree 100 percent. All right. Next question. This is from uh, J.R. Cortez. Guys, love the podcast. In my opinion, the Astros just look tired this season since 2017. I think the core has played an additional 75 games in the playoffs. I think the Astros should coast the remainder of the season, let the younger guys get the experience. Even if they make the playoffs, they're not serious contenders this year. They should cut bait with Dusty, Uncle Mike, and McCullers at the end of the year, come back healthy and rested, and got to get the eye of the Tiger back. John, thoughts on the Astros punting on the season this year? JR, you would have said that about the Phillies last year. They wouldn't have made the playoffs if they hadn't extended them. And look what happened to them. They went to the 
the World Series. And uh, uh, there was a team in the American League, I can't remember which one it was, that made it and uh, and and won series. Maybe it was the Padres. And uh, so no, if you've got a, if you've got good pitching at the top of your rotation, you got a chance in the playoffs, especially if you got at least three. And so no, the Astros should not give up because what happened to the Phillies last year could happen to them, or they could get hot. The Rangers haven't been invincible by a long shot. They hit better than the Astros. They score more runs than the Astros. You know, you got to have Tucker and Bregman and Pena. Those guys got to hit better, and they got to be more consistent. They can't be leaving guys on base all the time. If it wasn't for Dubon, Dubon's their leading hitter, and I think he's at 285. How many other lineups don't have a 300 hitter? And so I think a lot of it is their best players just aren't hitting the way they should be. They make some untimely errors that they weren't making in the past. The bullpen's been too inconsistent. All right, John, this is a good one. I got two I got two uh, kind of fun questions here, and then we'll close it out. Harold C. says, if the Texans could borrow one player from another Houston sports team for a season, who would it be and why? So you can borrow one Astro or one Rocket, or presumably, I get, I get. We'll, we'll leave U of H's football program out of this because I think this is more about finding a baseball or basketball player that you would, that you would borrow from uh, for the Texans. Who would it be, John? Well, first of all, you'd love to see a guy like Jalen Green at wide receiver, yeah. but he might start crying every time somebody's about to hit him. <laughs> and then I think Yardon Alvarez is a tight end. Because he's six five, they list him at two twenty five. There's no way he's close to two twenty five. He is. He is. He's got to be at least two fifty. He is built like a rock. And uh, I was thinking about any other tough guys on the Rockets. They need speed. Graham seems to be the fastest. And uh, and but I, I'd say either Jalen Green or Yardon Alvarez. Okay. I, the problem with Jordan Alvarez is I think if he got hit going over the middle, he might spontaneously combust. He, he, I mean, John, he gets hurt in a non-contact sport like baseball with soft tissue injuries all the time. What's going to happen? Well, that's true. But, you know, if you're talking about just an athlete, none of those guys can play football. Okay. Here's so who I go ahead. Here's who I thought you were going to say. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, I thought you were going to say Jeremy Pena. Because you were the first one to report, John, at, at spring training this year, that Pena looked like an NFL safety. He does look like an NFL safety. He's built like one, but he hadn't done enough this season for me to have any interest in moving him over to Texas. <laughs> I love how you're taking how he's been doing in baseball and using it to answer this question. That they have to have actually done something this year to be a <laughs> mythical, imaginary football player, John. Sorry, he's not I hitting think, well enough as a baseball I think player. Jalen Green would be great lining up at wide receiver like Nico Collins because he's about the same size and then just tearing down the field. I, John, I'll tell you what, forget about tearing down the field and speed down the field. How about Ken, uh, KJ Martin as a jump ball receiver type uh, with tough. those hops that he's got? And he, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He comes from tough stock. Kenyon Martin Sr. All right, last one, John. And this is a question that both for you and me is going to harken back to days where there was a lot more of us to love. But uh, Andy G says, Amen Thompson made waves after he was drafted and said he wanted In-N-Out Burger brought in. That pissed off a lot of Houstonians. So for both of you, put together your perfect 
all-star fast food meal, sandwich slash burger, fries, beverage slash shake, wild card item. Boy, Thompson doesn't know any better. Kids from California, I didn't know that against him. I think the fries at In-N-Out Burger are the most overrated thing I've ever eaten. The burgers are good, and I, th- I don't like the fries at Whataburger either. I love Whataburger. I like Five Guys' fries. Mm. They're hand-cut. They're thick. They're not those little thin ones that have been frozen and then stuck in the grease. Yeah. So I like – if I had to pick um, – cheeseburger i would take uh boy i i i well i better say trill burger because of uh, <laughs> no, these are fast food Nick, john trill burger oh, fast burger yeah fast, fast food. food like a drive through kind of place you know okay well i would take well you know to me five guys is fast food you can't do a drive through so i'll okay. say what a burger because i do love what a burger yep but i just don't like those thin fries like everybody loves mcdonald's fries and they're fine for about two minutes, then they get cold. Okay. I like McDonald's fries a lot. I like the Chick-fil-A waffle fries, too. Waffle fries, uh, it's nice texture. I like that. Yeah, I've just never been into waffle fries. Okay. And I just want the plain old French fries, especially if they're hand-cut fresh. There's a place in Waco called Cups. It's been there 75 years. Mm-hmm. A dive close to Baylor. And every morning, the family owns it gets up, goes back, back, and peels those potatoes so you can get fresh French fries and cook them on the big grill. Mm, I got to quit talking about it. It's making me hungry. That sounds tasty. Yeah, John, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean for this to be a gateway for you to start uh, violating all the edicts of weight loss. Yeah. I like me a good Big Mac, John. I'm not going to lie. Like, just, uh, you know, full back up the middle. Old Big Mac from McDonald's. I like the McDonald's fries. In-N-Out's got great shakes. They've got really good milkshakes. Uh because I think they're, I don't think they're as, you know, chemically as some of the other milkshake plate. You know, have you ever watched McDonald's dump the big bag of goop into the milkshake machine? It's, uh, it's a little disturbing. My favorite shakes are still Dairy Queen. Yeah, those are good and, too. Uh, and they, they, they're still great. They're thick. They don't make, they don't make them, you know, humongous where you're dying when you to finish them. And he said like a sandwich. Yeah, uh, I like Italian sandwiches, and and Jimmy John's does a really good one. There you go, there you go. Wild card item, I would go either apple pie from McDonald's or two tacos for ninety nine cents from Jack in the Box. There you go. There's some. Great uh, my wild card item would be supreme tacos with extra onions from Taco Bell. Oh, the sour cream and the tomatoes on them, John. I like it. All right, now I'm officially hungry. Uh, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? Got a C.J. Stroud uh, column I'm writing about him going into training camp and what they plan to do with him as he moves closer to being named the starter. That'll be on SportsRadio610.com. I've got one with a lot of negativity about the Astros on SportsRadio610.com. I wrote it Monday. It still stands up Wednesday because they stunk it up in St. Louis on Tuesday. And... Uh, so that's what I'll have currently on this one. John, I say this as a fan of the Astros and as a friend of yours. I hope the Astro article is obsoleted by the time people read, read it whenever this podcast drops. I hope it's obsoleted by the Astros in St. Louis and they win 13-2. to I agree 100%.